admire your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Bonjour, Monsieur Bond. Where's 007? I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. My God, what's Bond doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Well, tell him to pull out. Immediately. Can I do something for you, Mr. Bond? A martini, shaken, not stirred. Hang on, James. The thought had occurred to me. Looking for shells? No, I'm just looking. You have a nasty habit of surviving. What they say about the fittest. Do you lose as gracefully as you win? I wouldn't know. I've never lost. No more foreplay. to another episode of Bond Backwards. We have just uh, gotten through the uh, Daniel Craig part of the uh, James Bond franchise, and now we are on to the Pierce Brosnan part of the franchise, and we are going to talk about the final uh, Pierce Brosnan James Bond film, which was 2002's Die Another Day. Yeah, so this is the interesting thing about going backwards through the era. It's like, uh, it's, it's very much like... Uh, peaks and troughs, the Bond uh, years. This is the nadir from which uh, the franchise had to recover uh, when yeah. they made Casino Royale. This is a very bad Bond film. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't, I, I haven't seen it all the way through in like a very, very long time. And then last night, I was, uh, me and our mother, we were watching uh, Babylon Berlin. We were watching a few episodes of the German TV show Babylon Berlin, and then afterwards, oh. they. That's a great show. I just finished it. How, how are you enjoying it so far? It's very interesting. I, I find it's a little... Um, it's just because I don't really know too much about the the history of what was going, going on in the late 20s in Germany at the time, but it's very interesting. It's very well made, and all the sort of flapper scenes are really nicely, like the dance club scenes are pretty cool. It's very it's very cool. I th- it's, it was a little... It's, it's different from what I expected. Yeah, it's good. Anyway, sorry, you were saying you were yeah, watching sorry, that. Just and... To, so, and then Die Another Day was on TV, and also because I knew that we were going to talk about it on this episode, so I caught like the last third of the movie, and I kind of remember a time when I was younger when the film came out and I enjoyed it, but right. I've grown up and I've matured as a cinema watcher and film watcher and th- things like that, and I kind of noticed that this that particular film does have a lot of problems right yeah from the story point of view uh particularly the, f- the filmmaking point of view uh in regards to the very terrible cgi and the directing but also just i don't know it just seemed very it's a very weak film i mean there have been some weak james bond films but i think this kind oh, of yes <laughs> this this does tower over them and i feel like looking at sort of the bond franchise there, there are moments where 
you know, if you look at like from the beginning and see as like with each film, budgets get bigger and bigger and bigger, sets get bigger, things get a little bit more outlandish. And I think as uh, filmmaking technology kind of increases, you can kind of see, particularly in some of the newer James Bond films, like mainly in Pierce Brosnan's sort of uh, tenure as, as the character, they were moving away from practical effects and sets and things like that and actually trying out computer-generated effects. Right. And this is right. sort of in the beginning in 2002 where CGI was just, I think people were just kind of getting the hang of it, but it just looks very fake and weird. And then when you see Pierce Brosnan surfing on a piece of metal, like it's a surfboard with a CGI wave behind him, like he's in, you know, like he's just jumping through the scene, a scene from The Perfect Storm with George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg. It just feels a bit like this, this doesn't look very good. And also more, more importantly, this doesn't feel like James Bond anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to make the argument I don't think CGI has ever been got the hang of because even now you watch movies where they use a, uh, an overabundance of CGI and it just looks fake because that's what it is. The only time really CGI for me works is when the whole thing is CGI, as in Pixar. Um, otherwise, you've just got to use it sparingly, I think, because if you use it too much, it becomes a... It just looks tawdry and, and cheap. Um, looks like a computer game. Right, exactly, which is not cinema, as much as some computer games might want to tell you that there. But anyway, we don't want to get into that debate today. But yeah, this this film looks like shit. I mean, it does it, it absolutely over uh, relies on uh, of the computer effects. It's also stupid. Uh, the some of the decisions they make are completely daft. Uh, the invisible car, um, the uh, surf surfing, which I mean. Bond, when Bond tries to do stuff like Bond can ski, that's fine. But when he tries to do stuff like surf or snowboard, like he does in 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 View to a Kill, when Roger Moore is like eighty years old, which we'll get to, um, it's just like he's he's not cool in that way. He can't do that. He can drive really well. He can do some he can do some cool, uh, you know, suave stuff. But he's not like a, do you know what I mean? He's not Michael J. Fox. No, he's not. He's not Marty McFly. Yeah, he's not. You know, he's yeah, he's he's a he's a middle-aged spy. I don't. I think like if Ian Fleming was alive and watching that movie, he'd probably be like, "I didn't see that coming at all." Well, he's not middle-aged, but you know, he's not he's not like a spring chicken either. The, 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 but the you know, he's like a, he's like an experienced dude who who doesn't break a sweat while he's you know seducing the yeah. women and stealing the secret documents from the Russians or whatever. But Pierce Brosnan is just like, oh, he's just such a dork in so many of those films and. uh and this is the worst. I mean, he is just such a... I mean, and he does come across like a bit of an ass, I will say, and not to incur the wrath of any Pierce Brosnan fans out there. You know, he's, he's the only actor who ever was, like, sad to stop playing the part. You know, yeah. every other actor, apart from maybe Roger Moore, was, like, so ready to leave the franchise uh, by the time they did. I mean, Craig is... They had to drive a, you know... The truckload yeah, they had to of, back of, up of at least pound notes to his house just to yeah, get him to do this like new one. They had to like back up two money trucks to him and <laughs> and just play like come back just for one final Bond film. We'll make up for the whole cuckoo bit in Spectre. Well, we we don't know if they're going to make up for it yet, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, the um... I, I mean, even even Pierce Brosnan had he he voiced some displeasure with this film, and he even said this is his least uh, favorite Bond film that he appeared in, and he disliked. Well, the... I mean, that's not. <laughs> not hard it's even yeah, I mean, by he, by some of the low standards set by the worst bond movies before yeah. this i mean i'm thinking of some of the worst uh roger moore films for example 
this is a bad one. This is like this is this is for my money the worst Bond movie. Yeah, and it and it is a complete like new low for um, for the franchise. And it's mad as well because this is a this is a landmark Bond movie because it's the twentieth one, right? Yeah, and it, it was the, it came out like in the fortieth anniversary of of the character since. Doctor yeah, Bell. right. So this is one you know they might want to have maybe want to get this one right rather than doing this uh, yeah botched job. It really, you know what? It, there was something there was something wrong culturally at the start of the millennium. Like the nineties, there was you know, grunge and some of the great hip hop and. And some stuff had happened in the 90s that was cool, like sort of the growth of like a certain indie cinema. I was thinking about there Quentin was a lot Tarantino. of huh? there was a lot of MTV uh, inspired. Uh, in, there was a very much an M- MTV influence on movie making because the editing in this film is very fast paced, and also there's a lot of yeah techno music. Well, let me just let me just take. I think that the stuff that was happening in the 90s was okay, but I think that that sort of went. It sort of spilled over the, the edges a little bit in the early noughties and yeah the mtvification of cinema with like i'm thinking of stuff like spider-man yeah and um you know the mtv even had their own i mean do they still i think they still have their own movie awards show right yeah they still yeah. do have the mtv movie awards and music awards and things like that yeah i mean let them do music for sure but like yeah so i don't know there's something like um, the, the best things to come out of these years of cinema i guess of the lord of the rings movies in terms of yeah i mean and there's a lot of other good films get made don't get me wrong i mean oh brother where art now comes out around this time like there's there are some really really great movies being made in the early noughties but there is a sort of i feel like there's a, there's there's a bit of a problem going on with certain other um uh certain of, uh, films that are coming out then as well they just feel um a bit crap like they're just a bit cheap uh, feeling they don't feel particularly innovative um, I'm thinking, especially like think about the, the Star Wars prequels. I mean, they're just rubbish a lot of the time. They're not. There's there's so much goodwill behind them. There's so much money behind them. There's so much investment on the part of the fans and the crew and the people involved. Like everyone wants these films to be good, and it feels like they were made by people who were just bored. And this is how this film feels. It feels like you know a franchise that has just got bored of itself and is throwing any amount of shit at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. Well, the cinematographer on this film, Die Another Day, he was also the cinematographer on all the. Uh, Star Wars prequels, David Tattus, uh, I think his name is David uh, Tattersall. Right, okay, well there we go, Tattersall, we're looking at you mate. Uh, yeah, well he also did the cinematography, well this this is the films that he did, um, Speed Racer with the, with the Wachowskis, um, uh, what else, oh, he did X Triple X2, State of the Union, which was also uh, Lee Tamahori's uh, next film after Dying of the Day, and that is a film with riddled with uh bad cgi and terrible storytelling and it is a really terrible movie uh lara croft tomb raider uh vertical limit which was directed by martin campbell who did goldeneye and uh casino royale which was the k2 mountain film and he also did con air jesus christ tattersall your cb sucks um okay right so maybe that illustrates the cinematic landscape that i was trying to picture just now yeah. um yeah it's just like it, everything is just so plasticky and terrible anyway so this film uh is, is silly the plot is silly um what is the stupidest bit for you uh stupidest bit for me um i don't know i think it's well for starters the invisible car that's 
that's the nuke. That's the fridge nuking of, of the film. Which bit? Are we talking about the bit where it gets introduced or the bit where he actually uses it to sneak past people? Because that is just insane. I just think any scene that he uses, the invisible car, especially when the yeah. car can hold itself on an ice wall and, and then... Oh, God, I forgot about that. Jesus yeah, where Christ. like hooks come out of the tires and things oh, like that. Oh, Jesus fuck. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I think just... I, I mean, any of the action scenes where I think geography just Well, gets... you're not allowed to pick multiple bits. I, give me a chance here. Okay, well, um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's it's a cross between the invisible car scene and the really silly fencing moment where just it, like, it just t- turns into like three musketeers and Madonna's really bad cameo. Yeah, so let's just... We'll park Madonna for now because I have a few things to say about that. Yeah. Um, but the... Um, the the uh for me i think yes i agree the invisible car you can have that as your silly bit for me it's like we're using we're literally in 2002 we're literally using a giant laser this is post austin powers we've already made fun of giant lasers we've already agreed as a culture that giant lasers outside of the star wars franchise are ridiculous and belong to the early 1970s era of, of, of Bond. You know, we haven't had a giant laser in a Bond movie, I think, since Diamonds Are Forever. I might be wrong about that, but I believe that's the case. Mm. What the hell are they doing with a giant laser in this film? Fire What's the living? laser. Fuck, why would that, when you're going to remake, a, when you're going to take a concept from the Bond, from all of the Bond movies, why would they go, I know, let's use the plot from Diamonds Are Forever, that famously good Connery film. What on earth were they thinking? What on the living shit were they thinking when they built a giant laser and used it to blow up the minefield in the demilitarized zone? You can do that by dropping fucking footballs on it for all I, I care. Yeah, the plot kind of got thrown out the window for spectacle a little bit with this movie. I, and I, I think Spectacle. Spec- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally by accident. But um, yeah, I think you could say that a lot about action films in this time where effects and wow factor was a little bit more sort of in play. I guess you can kind of blame that on like the Matrix and everyone trying to, you know, one up the Matrix a little bit. Oh, fuck. It's just, yeah. Anyway, so Madonna. Madonna writes a historically bad theme tune. Uh, it's, it's, it's my least favorite Bond theme, I think. Um, yeah. Possibly, I, I also have a particular loathing for Fury Eyes Only, but the theme, not the movie. Um, but we'll get to that. Um, there's something about Madonna in this era that really, really irritated me at the time and irritates me still. And I'm trying to put my finger on what it is. Now, I get Madonna is a very significant performer and did a lot in the 80s, in the 90s for you know a lot of people. She means a lot and she, justifiably so. But I think she got a bit, the power or something went to her head in the early noughties, the whole yeah. like mid-Atlantic accent thing, the whole sort of behaving like she's some kind of, uh, uh, um, you know, baroness or something. Mm. She, I saw her perform at Live 8 in 2005, and she was such a, like, cunt <laughs> on the stage. Like, she was just, they brought out this uh, African woman who'd survived the famine uh, yeah, in, uh, I remember that. I believe I want to say Somalia, but I'm not 100 percent sure about that. And then Madonna sort of like performed next to her, and then very kind of made it very clear to everyone in the, at the moment that she really wasn't 
happy with this woman being on stage anymore and she was kind of ushered off but it was just a moment of incredibly bad taste she then performed the song music which is not a good song think about all the songs madonna could have performed and she chose the song music and it was a performance that went on for about 10 minutes of this shitty song yeah. uh, where she could have done like a virgin or or material girl or whatever you know any number of great songs um Anyway, so it's sort of in keeping with this personality of Madonna at this time that she's not only uh, she not only takes the helm and writes a really just crap and jaded song, but then she's yeah. also in the shitting movie. Yeah, I thought that was a bit like I remember watching that in the cinema back in two thousand and two when we were living in London in our uh, local cinema Clapham Picture House and having that scene where she like turns around and then it's her. I thought that was like. It really took me out of the movie in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, you know what? This is that's one of those bits. When I come to write my big thesis about films from this era, that bit and the bit in Ocean's Twelve where Julia Roberts plays someone who looks like Julia Roberts, who gets mistaken for Julia Roberts by Bruce Willis, who's playing himself. Those are the bits where, like, the, every they just needed to cancel Hollywood at that point. Yeah, I don't. I, I feel like just any yeah it just it didn't really work and also listen listen let's get let's get this fucking shit over and done with otherwise we'll be here all day what what's uh what other bits do we do what uh uh the, well, the do you have holiday? anything do you, do you have a favorite scene is like do you have a scene that you like in the film like that kind of give like is okay i don't know no, <laughs> no let me think um let me think uh, um I, you know what? I like the bit where Jinx kills Rosamund Pike's character by stabbing her with the book and says, like, bitch, or whatever she says to her. Yeah, yeah. I that, can read your every like, move. Well, the... read this, bitch. And... That, was, that was good. That was, like, proper Bond sort of karma. I, yeah. I but yeah. It's, you're really picking, you're sifting through a lot of shit. What about you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh nice to see michael madsen although it's terrible that they use him once in the whole franchise and he's in this turkey yeah i know he I love michael madsen and, and um, yeah, I, he would have been great as like a, a hard-boiled cia agent or like the new felix Leiter or something and instead he's just in this movie yeah <laughs> oh dear well, they 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 did at one point before they did casino royale just deviating away a little bit they were thinking about doing a spin-off with the jinx character that halle berry was playing but nothing came of it Everything associated with the film just makes me so angry. Okay, so do you have a favorite bit? Can we please add this? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of like the opening sequence in, in in North Korea when he like when he's trying to escape. I think I think the action sequences there are actually quite well done because the CGI is is limited in some yeah. ways. Uh, okay, good. Um, uh, uh, I also have like I did want to try and introduce another thing uh, into into these episodes. Uh, oh yeah. Um, not like say which actor do you think should play James Bond, but like out of all the like looking back at like all the it, over the franchise, um, out of every like sort of film, uh, which what which actor would you have liked to have seen in which sort of era of the James Bond films? It could be modern or like old, so from 1962 till now, like which. So I'm taking an actor from any time in the Bond era and putting him in this movie or her. Well, like any any actor who who's who you would you would have liked to have seen in a Bond movie playing in in the Bond films. 
Hang on. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, so, I didn't really work. So I, I didn't re- I, I'm putting someone who isn't in a Bond film. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Like, if, if like, who would you have... Lo- who do you think would have, have been... Have you gone mad? <laughs> I'm just... Okay. Who, which act... Like, any actor... <laughs> who would you have liked to have seen act in a Bond movie? Any Bond movie? Yeah, any Bond movie. Like, or just, just like... talking about these individually. We can't... We're not talking about the whole franchise. No, like, okay, just like... like who... Fuck it, Humphrey Bogart. I don't know. <laughs> Robert Mitchum. Like, I, what are you talking about? What's wrong with you? Okay. It seems like... We have... We have... We... This is not... Okay. Listeners, we haven't planned these episodes particularly well. We just said, like, okay, let's just... Let's talk about the Bond films and they'll sort of take shape. But... We've jumped. We. This is the nuke of. This is the fridge nuking of this. Does what? So what, what's your answer to this ridiculous question? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think, but what the fuck are you even talking about then? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, fine. Okay. Forget. Forget my little. I mean, it is a fun. I get. Okay. This is like behind the scenes. This is the behind the music <laughs> making of Bond backwards. But okay, can I try and save this? What? Can I try and save this? Can yeah, I try yes, and make yes. what you're trying? Can I, what about each film we say? Who would you recast in the movie? And okay. Yes, who? that 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 sounds that sounds like a better idea. Yeah. In which case, I would fire Madonna out of this movie, and cast Whoopi Goldberg in that role. Yeah. Because the film's ridiculous already. <laughs> you? Um, I can't in the. I, I read a bit up on the film in sort of the IMDb trivia, and originally they did think about Fucking having... Nerd. The, what? Yeah, because I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, um, when he goes to the hotel in China, and there's this, spine, uh, there's this special agent who's like, like he's you know pretending to be a hotel manager, but he's actually a secret agent in China who's called Mr. Chang, played by actor um, Ho Yi. Originally, they were thinking about trying to get Michelle uh, uh Yo, Michelle Yeoh oh, yeah. Yeo to come back to play uh, Wei Lin from Tomorrow Never Dies, but uh, that fell through. So I, it, I think having some sort of, uh, you know, kind of continuity in the Bond franchise let you like having seeing some people come back. She could have been like the Sylvia Trench of like the Pierce Brosnan films. I think. Good, deep catalog callback. I like it. Okay, yeah. So uh, you have to go on holiday to one of the locations in this film. Where are you going? Uh, Cuba. All right, I'll go to Iceland. Yeah. I hate Iceland. I hate Iceland. <laughs> Iceland. <laughs> okay, how many martinis are we giving this film? Uh, two. I am giving it one martini. With a dirty olive. With no olive. You get nothing. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, okay. Well, that that's that's die another day. <laughs> this is a bit it's a bit of a longer episode than normal, but you know it, it was a it's a it's a shit film. Just it's so shit. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a it's a turd. Yeah, it makes Spectre look like a five star movie. I'm sorry, Spectre is an okay Bond film. Spectre is an absolutely respectable Bond film. This shouldn't even be. This is this this should be considered alongside Never Say Never Again. This this should arguably not even be in the canon. Never say never again is an interesting film. That I would like. Let's to... get let's get out of here, Anders. We don't know. Goodbye, Mister Bond. <laughs> all right, how, 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 all right, let's go. Stinging in the rain. That's not funny, Double Seven. Where's your butler friend? Oh, he blew a fuse. Shocking. Where's Drax? 
He had to fly. Positively shocking. You missed, Mr. Bond. I think he got the point. Right idea, Mr. Bond. But wrong pussy. You're not thinking that. I sure am, boy. You expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Goodbye, Mr. Bond. It's a Smith and Wesson. And you've had your six. Mm -hmm.